This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Yes! Wow, wow. <laughs> no, you know, leave it like that. Leave it. No, I want everyone to leave it exactly. Leave the intro. So that's like how that. we're starting the show off. That's okay. how we're starting the show. I was All about right. to get into the whole yes, Thought Warriors. Welcome to Higher Learning. As soon as I said yes, you said I'm ready. That's how excited you are about today's podcast. I guess so. I'm on the edge of my seat. Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, so are you going to tell, tell people your name? Tell the people oh. your name then. What's up, everybody? If you're if this is your first time listening, I'm Rachel Lindsay. <laughs> I am Van Lathan. <laughs> Welcome to Higher Learning Thought Warriors. Big Rach, Rachel Lindsay, is uh, having so many problems technically <laughs> over there. This is like a really interesting beginning to the I podcast. Just dropped the mic. You just sorry. dropped the mic. You you cut my you cut my intro off and then you dropped the mic. What's going on with you today, Big it's Rach? It's a Monday. I'm having a hell of a Monday. It's just, it was supposed to be chill. And it's just a lot of things have been thrown my way. And I guess I'm just like all over the place, discombobulated. I just, I'm going to take, I'm going to take three deep breaths and then mm. I'm, I'm ready for the podcast. Con- yeah. Go ahead. Continue, Van. So let's, let's talk this out for a second. Cause more than anything, this podcast is about, you know, connection, connecting to people and being able to have a forum where you discuss what's going on. What's got this Monday so particularly jammed up for you, Big Rach? Nothing. In particular, it's just, Uh. I was just going to, you know, watch my morning news, catch up on what happened on the weekend, prepare for the podcast. And it was just email after phone call after I had a meeting I didn't even know about today and something got canceled. So it's just all over the place. So you like like to plan out my day the night before so I can have the right mindset going in. So when the day happens like this, it just throws me off. I have a, I have a term for that. What's it called? Two pop in the process. And you, and you know what? I'll wear it proudly. Sometimes I thought you were going to say, ju- <laughs> no, you sometimes, say type A. <laughs> no, sometimes, sometimes you just two pop in the process. Things right. is popping all around you. You can't process things. That's when you, when you're in that mode, what do you do? Because there's a lot of people that are listening to this and things are popping in their lives. It might not be popping like kind of, um, Andy Cohen popping like you got it going, but <laughs> we're just not going to let might, this go. They might have kids yelling at them. They might have, you know, all types of different things that are going on that there's so much going on in the world. How do you stop and process? What do you do to slow things down a little bit? What's your, what's your deal? I honestly like take a beat. I just mm-hmm. have to sit, take a couple of deep breaths and then prioritize like, okay, this got canceled. Now I'm going to do this. I'm going to move this around. I just plan everything out. So then I can tackle everything the way it should be. Mm, mm. But you got to take a yourself, break. You know, you got to yeah. like check yourself for a second. Yeah. You kind of, kind of, you know, do I do this right here. 
This is how I like I get this little see this right here. You if you're watching on thing, this little pill, that's called a Lexapro, baby. And like when I when I need and I take one of these little guys. I thought it was a vitamin. Every day. No, it's not a, it's a Lexapro, baby. And I take one of these guys, and that, that stops the crippling panic attacks. I'm excited about later on tonight. I have something very special that's happening for me later on tonight. What's up? Monday night. Um, I have my first Madden football tutoring session tonight. Oh, wait, what is that? Yes. So I have been during the time that I was having nervous breakdowns uh, with the whole COVID thing, stuck mm-hmm. inside going crazy. Okay. I decided to reignite my love of John Madden football. Okay. It's a video game that you play. It's very serious, Rachel. It's a video game that you play on LX box. I'm okay? aware of it. And so I, I've, Playing the game, and I realized that motherfuckers have gotten really good at the game. And in the time that I've been adulting and growing up, they have figured out every aspect of the game. And I'm in these leagues with some NBA guys, right? And mm-hmm. they are, they have so much free time. I think I might have talked about this before. They are so good at the game. I'm losing. Like last night, I played a game. Great guy. Uh, it's very nice. I lost 63 to 19. Yikes. That was the final score. Yeah, in a Who video was your game. team? Who was your team? I was playing with the Raiders. I was playing I mean, with the could, Raiders. Could that be why? No, because like it, I've lost to everyone. I've lost to Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky as much as I've lost. Now, he did have a better team than me last night because he had, because we're, we're in a league, so he, they're making trades and stuff. Okay. So he had the Packers. But he had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can <laughs> stop there. Had, and he had signed Antonio Brown. So he had a beast team. Uh, but so tonight, I Wait. actually... I'm sorry. So Antonio Brown can be in the game even though he's not in the league? He's a free agent. So in the league, in the game, he, he, like you could sign Antonio Brown right now. Right. So in the in the franchise, you can go sign him if you want. Okay. You know, there was some... some some There was... I will say this. There was some controversy because somebody somebody signed Andrew Luck in the league, and, <laughs> and he's, he's retired. You can't do yeah. that. That's like fucking signing OJ Simpson. Um, but no. So tonight, what I did not was quite. I not the same. It's fine. <laughs> I went on YouTube, and one of these guys that does the Madden tutorials, I actually hired him to Stop, give fan. me a tutoring session tonight on the game. This is what we're doing with our time. (laughs) At 6.45, we're going to get, we're going to do the thing on, we're going to get in practice mode and he's going to teach me some stuff. I'm going to start doing this. But like, are you playing for money or is this just bragging rights? There's betting that goes on. I'm not betting, but I'll tell you that it's hard to like something and love something and play something that you're getting your ass waxed in. So I want to get better. Okay. And there's no really way for me to get better except for to put the work in. I'm I'm dedicated to putting the work into Madden. This goes back to male pride. I got it. I play fantasy football. Wait, which wait, wait. I this guess goes back this to is, male pride. What yeah, the hell? it's your pride. Your pride is hurt because you're losing. So, but, so there's no pride. I, I think that there are hundreds of women in the WNBA and in sports everywhere that are super competitive and have pride in winning that has nothing to do with being a man. Uh, uh, you just named a real sport. What? Versus the video game. Oh, so video games aren't <laughs> a real sport. I mean, you're not they're actually dead. exerting any physical activity. Are you exerting any physical activity when you play golf? Are you exerting any physical yes. activity? Are you exerting physical activity when you race car drive? Yes. 
So you're telling me that race car driving has to hit the pedal. You have to, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You have to move the wheel. You have to switch gears. And and when you're playing a video game, you have to have dexterity and coordination <laughs> and all those. I cannot. I can't. I've never, I've never played. I've never played Madden in my entire life. I've dated gamers. Mm-hmm. I've never played the game. It just never mm-hmm. piqued my interest. I play fantasy football, which is okay. what this sounds like without the and remote control. So be honest with is, is fantasy football competitive? Yes. Does competition have anything to do with being male or female? It does not. See, look, look where what's we got. What's the first topic? What's the what's the, what's the first topic? I'm not, <laughs> you already know I'm down today. You just gonna kick me off. I'm down. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, you know, speaking of competition. Uh, there's probably somebody, oh, you know what? No, you're right about something. This isn't competition. This is ego. This is pride. President Trump, uh, the president of these United States of America still find that hard to believe. Every time I say it had a rally, he held this rally uh, this past Saturday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Remember, this was the rally that was originally scheduled to happen on Juneteenth. The pressure from the president uh, having this rally on Juneteenth and sort of the backlash, uh, had to move it back one day. They moved it back one day. It took place Saturday. And by any objective metric, this rally was a gigantic failure. First of all, am I fair in even saying that, Big Rage, or is that me projecting onto this rally what I want to believe about it? There's no other word. Failure, disaster, embarrassment. Joke. Mm. I, I, you, you can keep going. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason why is because, I, you know, the president puts a lot of pride and a lot of stock into the size of things. And fellas, <laughs> I want to tell you, it's just, it's just don't put a lot of stock into the size of things. Right. Cause that's the one thing that you can't control. All right. It's better to put stock into what you're actually going to do, how you're going to do it, uh, how dedicated to it you're going to be, um, and what what your point is going to be. But the size, that's the one thing you can't control. I think President President Trump learned that he can't control the size. Actually, it's probably something he learned a long time ago because not a lot of people showed up to this rally. There was an overflow area outside of it. Um, they were anticipating such large crowds that they had an area for the people to kind of be outside of the arena there in Tulsa. Uh, and they were going to use that. They're going to have President Trump and Vice President Pence come out there and address people from the overflow area. Well, way before things got kicked off in Oklahoma, they realized that there would not be enough people for that area to be useful. So they scrapped that. Um, and inside, if you look at the pictures that came out from the uh, administration, from the White House, you might look like you had a huge, huge turnout. But if you look at any of the pictures from around there, I think the fire marshal there in Tulsa said around 6,200 people or 6,700 people. 6,200 people showed up to this rally. Uh, your thoughts on all of this. Does this to you, there's a lot to be taken away from this. Some people are saying that, you know, this rally means that President Trump is vulnerable politically. Uh, he's down nationwide to, to Vice President Biden in most states and nationally. Uh, well, not most states, but most of the battleground states and nationally. Do you take this as a specific political vulnerability from, from President Trump right now? I don't. And the reason hmm. that I don't is because I, like you, 
remember 2016. Hmm. And in June 2016, everything was going Hillary's way and it seemed as if Hillary would win. It was a joke almost that her competition was President Trump. So I'm always taken aback to that and to never get complacent with a poll or the media coverage or even a rally attended by 6,200 people because I remember how everybody was so sure that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president in 2016. And I... I remember I was out of the country when he was elected. I, I remember I was actually filming the bachelor van when he was elected. You're in the windmill. I was in Finland in the North in, Pole. in the windmill. No, I was no, not in the windmill. You. That was, that was, that was after me. That, that's not, that's not attached to me. Um, but no, I it's June. November mm-hmm. is a long ways away. A lot could happen between June and November. And I think that it's really important that this this is funny to talk about. It's obviously embarrassing for the Trump administration. It's a huge blow when you've got coronavirus going against you, when you've got the Black Lives Matter movement going against you, the mm. only and the economy against you. The only thing that you have to stand on is your ego. And the fact that a million people supposedly registered for this rally all boosted his ego. He could stand tall on that. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of the day, there were only 6,200 people. I don't know if that was in relation to the no-show protest. I don't know if his campaign administration just, I mean, his administration just, I don't know, messed up the, I have no idea how you could be that off. That means 993,000 800 people didn't show up. So, I mean, I just, to answer your question, you can't be complacent. You take it, you laugh at it, but the fight's not over. Don't think that we've won the battle just because at the first rally, it was low in numbers. Hmm. No, I I agree with you. I will say this. um, If the election was tomorrow, I think that Donald Trump would lose. Absolutely. Right. If, if it's not, but if it were, I think that Donald Trump was, uh, would lose. I listened to a podcast from the brilliant guys over at 538. They were talking about specifically the poll numbers. And there are some states, some key states, where Biden is a big, he's a big in Michigan right now. Um, in swing states. You're talking about swing, swing states. states. Yes. Big swing states, key states. So he's a big in Michigan right now. Like, and like I said to you, uh, according to their data, Texas right now is a one-point lead for President Trump. So Texas is kind of in play. It's not as it's not that. I mean, there's no such thing as having an election locked up in June. Like you said, too, too many things could happen between now and November. But it is. It's important for people to understand just the political trouble that President Trump is in, just so we don't start to have a notion that he's unbeatable. And I think that there is sometimes we have the tendency to look at President Trump because it doesn't seem like anything has been able to affect his version of America that he's sort of, you know, raised up from the primordial slime. Mm-hmm. And they seem like they cannot be stopped, but they can be. And they will be if people are engaged enough to care about the state that the country is in. And I think that Saturday night you saw both sort of depressed enthusiasm for the president and his administration right there. Yep. You saw health concerns. So as many people as as they say don't care about COVID-19, obviously there are people in Oklahoma, are people in Tulsa that do care 
because they weren't at the rally. Um, and then you you saw some other things. You saw like you know the K-pop stands get involved. Huge. And shout out to the K-pop stands, man. The K-pop stands. If you guys don't know, the K-pop stands got in there, and uh, I guess the the thinking is that they registered registered for the rally in crazy numbers. Yes. And then uh, reserved a lot of the seats to then stop people from coming to the rally because, you know, there would be no seats left, right? There, if the seats reserved, you can't then mm-hmm. reserve it. And then when you get there, no one shows up. Now, if you think about that, you think, hey, that's cute. And that is something that, uh, that they did to mess over this one particular political event. And it doesn't have much to do with the overall climate politically here in America. But that's not true. And the reason why that's not true is because that is a whole swath of allies that exist in this moment that didn't exist in 2016. That's true. And the only thing that you're asking for right now in order to beat this political movement that's cropped up in America is an equal and opposite force. I think everyone can have a hand in that. I think that is happening. That would be a reason why I feel enthused by the fact that this rally didn't go over and have huge numbers and it wasn't another feather that the White House could stick in their cap. Yeah, but you know, the conserv- my fear is the conservatives can see what happened with this and then try to do the same thing to Biden in his first rally when he decides to get on the road. I, I mean, I just, here's my thing. And, and, I, and it goes back to what I said originally. It's June. November is really a long ways away. And this momentum, as inspired as I am by the K-pop fans and the other people, I have a lot of friends who filled out you know, registration for the rally with emails, address, email addresses and phone numbers who obviously didn't attend. But that momentum, we have to keep it going and we have to figure out ways to when the country starts opening back up to still remind people, hey, it's not over. The battle has to keep going. You still got to get out there and vote. You still got to promote or not promote, but you still got to know what it is that we're fighting for and continue to push those initiatives through. Hmm. I, by the way, I don't think that Vice President Biden should do any rallies. Zero rallies. Well, and I don't want you to I, say why. I don't, I don't want you no to rallies. say why. I, no. I don't I want don't, you to say why. <laughs> Vice President Biden should not speak until January. I, that's even not after, good for you even, to say a, even after the election is over, is, is, is the only thing that we need Vice President Biden to say is, on, is in January of 2021 to say... I do. Man. And that's the oath of office. I don't want them to talk. They have they have people who write their speeches for them. Just read the speech. Just read Obvi- the speech. Obviously, there's no one. Obviously, that person doesn't exist in the Biden campaign. The person that writes what you're supposed to say or monitors what you're supposed to say or in any way, make sure that you don't say the wrong thing. That's obviously a vacant post in the Biden campaign. That well, person I mean, doesn't exist. A person not real. Don't know no person. Because they're never going to be perfect. They're always going to slip up and say something. Then every time he speaks, he says something that I'm like, damn, for real? Seriously? And then Lesser somebody of two has evils. To, Lesser of two God, evils. Damn it, man. I guess. You know what? And you know what? I, we said that four years ago. <laughs> four years ago, we were like, well, damn, this is the lesser of two evils. No, listen, I'll be honest with you. You say whatever. I actually, I'm not one of these people. I liked Hillary Clinton. I thought that, you know, she is what she is, but I liked Hillary Clinton. I, I didn't was excited dislike her. About, she just wasn't my first choice. 
she just wasn't a she wasn't a particularly strong candidate for the presidency of the United States of America. And there are all kinds of reasons why some in her control, some not. But what I'm saying right now is I, I don't really want a situation. I don't want too many Biden rallies. That's it. Like, I, you, I, I don't. It's just Biden gets up there. I don't know. I have no clue what Biden's going to say. The problem is that now people are talking about it. Right. And I think that's part of the push why President Mm -hmm. Trump decided to do a rally, because it forces Biden's hand of and it forces that narrative of you're just hiding in your basement. You won't come out and speak because you're too afraid to. And that is something that an audience will play into. Well, I want a president who can speak to us, who can be you know, for us, who can talk to us, who can go outside yeah. of our country and be able to ha- have these relationships with other countries. It's going to look bad. It's a narrative that they are going to play into for sure. That's fine. I like, look, keep this man on ice. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm saying, look, I'm not saying it. it it's funny. Somebody from, I, I, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't McConnell. It was, uh, there was a Republican lawmaker, I think it was a senator, who did criticize President Trump in the last couple of weeks because if you notice, almost every person President Trump has ever hired uh, has turned on him or been involved in some sort of scandal in some sort of way. He just has this way of of wearing out his welcome with people that he told the American people um, were fantastic. But he said, if there's one criticism I have of this president is that he hasn't hired well. Hiring well is at least 80 to 90% job of, of the job of a president. And I do believe that there is a brain trust surrounded, um, that, excuse me, that surrounds Biden that can deliver an administration that can work on some of the problems of the American people. And if not even to that end, get us back to a functioning, normal sort of government and out of the racist twilight zone that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the, 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 the vision, the vision of the president that's going to be, be able to go out there and say the right thing and unite everybody, Rachel, <laughs> that's not Joe Biden. I'm sorry. It, it, it well, that's it not Trump. his strong. Son. I get it. Isn't that is not Trump. I'm saying, look, like Biden needs to be clear on policy. Very clear on policy and very, very direct in his outreach towards the African-American community and his vision for America. But you can do all that on the website. Right. Biden has the ability. What what Trump lacks, Biden has. Biden makes people feel comfortable and he makes people feel like he cares. Like he has the empathy gene. You, you, uh uh-huh. There is a poll. I'm, there are polls. There are polls that Who say. Who poll? That made that like. I know like you're Biden. giving the black perspective. I'm talking in general. I'm just saying in general. Cause I, cause I, I'm just saying in general. I know you're giving the black perspective and I'm not denying that. I'm yeah. just saying that compared to Trump, there are a people majority that feel like he empathizes and understands them in a way that Trump is a gene that Trump doesn't possess. That's what I'm saying. And I'm talking in whole, I am not giving the black perspective. Right. Yeah. Look, this is what I would say about that. I, I, to me, I think there are a lot of Americans who think that Trump completely identifies with them. No. He shares their idea. No, there, there has to be Rachel. Like the elected now. president. That's not what the polls are saying. Not now. Well, no, the, You're talking the poll, before for sure. No. The, the what the polls are saying now. First of all, there's a couple. Of, let's talk about polling for a second. The 
the polling when it comes to Trump supporters is never going to be quite accurate because there's a specific segment of the American population that doesn't respond to polls and they tend to be amongst the MAGA group. And then secondly, there's still a lot of people who will vote for Trump in secret and then not admit to a pollster or even in public that they support tax breaks or whatever else it is. All I'm saying is this. I'm saying I don't think that Joe Biden is an effective communicator. I don't. I think that that's I'm not going to argue. Yeah, that's his. <laughs> so so to that end, when Joe Biden speaks, I don't feel comforted at all. As a matter of fact, it's stressful because like every time he talks, I'm like, yo, man, how's this nigga going to fuck up now and cost us this whole shit? And, and, and so that's what I'm saying. Listen, give him some puzzles. Oh, you know what we should do? This is what we should do. What? I have an idea. Joe Biden's in the basement down there, right? <laughs> we should get Joe Biden Animal Crossing. I don't. Let it, get, I don't even know what that. I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. I've just. I've seen an ad. For you don't. It. Ha, you don't have to. All you know is that once you start playing Animal Crossing, you cannot get anything else in your life accomplished. Do you? That's play all it? you need to know. No, I don't because I'm afraid, nigga. I just told you I got a Madden <laughs> tour. Can, 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 can you? Can you imagine what would happen to me? You threw it. I, I know nothing about Animal Crossing, so I wouldn't even know to throw that example out there. That's. But, but all Anyways, I know is I, my mom made a garden on Animal Crossing. It's too much going on on there. We get Joe Biden Animal Crossing. We let him start a world. We say, hey, play as much as you want. November 10th, we take Animal Crossing from him. Okay? And then we say, hey, I don't know if you know Joe, Uncle Joey, but during the time that you were playing Animal Crossing, they elected you the president of the entire nation. (laughs) And then he goes, huh? And then we go, okay. Play the way Animal you were talking, people January. are not going to vote for anybody, which is what happened in 2016. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. People were like, you know what? But neither one. I, I'm just not going to nah, vote. And then here we Joe are Biden. four years later. Gotta so, vote for Joe Biden. The reason why you got to vote for Joe Biden is because we have to see a sea change in American politics that matches the sea change that exists right now on the streets and all over the country. And you're just simply not going to be able to see that uh, in uh, in a Trump administration, in a Trump America. You're not. Um, and by the way, I want to say something real quick that sometimes doesn't get said. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I talk about what goes on for me as a black man, I'm talking about what goes on for me as a black man. And I'm talking about addressing problems, both politically, socially, and systemically that have affected black people for um, hundreds of years in this country. If you are listening to this from the Appalachians, from middle America, from any of the flyover states, I do not envision a, 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 an American country where you are not a part of that. And I don't think that I need a uh, homogeneity of thought and able to exist in this country. I need people to respect my humanity and respect my uh, the my access to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And if you can respect those two things, we can disagree about taxes and all of that other stuff. So I'm not saying that we have to leave a portion of America behind. I think if there's one thing that the Obama administration got wrong, and really the left as a whole got wrong at the beginning of the last decade, was that there was a sort of elitist air to things that made a lot of people, rightfully so, and these are people of all colors, feel left out in the changing of America. Now, I don't think that that's the way to unite people. But mm-hmm. I certainly don't think that the factions that have aris- arisen in America in the last four to five years um, have any designs on healing this country either. Right. So I, I don't want to leave anyone behind 
But I just want to get the conversation back to some sort of civil discourse uh, and not about racism, white supremacy, right. and hurting Mexican people. Uh, <laughs> you know it's true. Mean? It's true. <laughs> well said. Well said. It's all about bringing this country to get, or at least trying, trying. having some type of an agenda to bring us together, you know to move us new- out of what we're going through now. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. You know, there was a setback in that. And this is a very sad story. The setback in this coming together um, happened in NASCAR this past weekend. Now, NASCAR may be one of the last sports you'd expect to be on the front lines of corporate, the corporate response to some of the uh, uh, the unrest that we've seen and um, sort of embracing Black Lives Matter. NASCAR has attempted to do this. They've outlawed the Confederate flag at infields all over the country. Uh, they've tried to be out front supporting a driver named Bubba Wallace, who is black. He raced with the Black Lives Matter on the side of his car. Um, and they were in full support of that. And had black people even coming out to NASCAR events. You know, I saw, I think it was Alvin Kamara Alvin, from the Saints. Alvin, yeah, Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Did you say Kamara or Kamara? I'll go. I'll defer say, to you because of New Orleans. I say, I say Kamara, but you can say Kamara, sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but something disgusting happened to Bubba Wallace. Um, this past Sunday, there was a noose found hanging in his garage. Uh, I guess it was during a NASCAR event. Um, they found this noose now since then. Um, he's responded saying that he will not be scared. He will not stop speaking out. That's very important. Um, also, there was a scene where all the drivers got together and pushed Bubba Wallace's car uh, to the front in a show of solidarity. Um, when you heard about the news, your first thoughts were? I wasn't surprised. Mm. Um, and I hate to sound so cynical and so negative, but man, you just said that NASCAR when we wouldn't necessarily expect it has been on the forefront of everything that's been happening as far in regards to the black lives matter movement in, in, in relation to sports. I wouldn't say that they're at the forefront. It's because they were already so far behind and the history and the connotations that are associated with NASCAR, especially Talladega, that track alone has so much history related to it in regards to racism. I'm not shocked that there's a noose. I'm sa- I'm saddened by it at what it represents and what it means 
Um, I'm sad that Bubba Wallace is putting himself out there and is really trying to fight the fight within his sport and is doing a fantastic job. And then you have something like this happen. It's it's crazy because it's almost like Bubba Wallace is being treated like a Jackie Robinson. It's 2020. It's like it's almost like he's integrating NASCAR and he's not. But that's what this, this that's what this feels like with the noose and the people flying a Confederate flag. A plane flew over the track today with a Confederate flag saying defund NASCAR. There were still people outside of the track selling Confederate flags and merchandise with Confederate flags on it, not wanting it to go, not realizing, or they do realize it's almost as if they are upset that they're trying to diversify their sport. They're trying to hold on to the history of what NASCAR is and how it is not inclusive and how it is not comfortable and welcoming for people of color to want to come to their sport. You know, it's just, it, it it's, it's very upsetting, but it's not surprising. Hmm. I was glad. <laughs> Why? <babe? laughs> I, Why? I, I, I was happy about it. I was glad. Why? And because I, you think that, no, go ahead. I'm not going to speak for you. Tell me why. I'll tell you why. Um, I felt bad for Bubba. Of course. I felt bad, I felt bad for in, in the moment that he had to uh, walk in there and see that. But I'll tell you why. I well, he didn't glad. see it. Well, Thank goodness. Whatever, who, who, whoever saw it. I felt bad that he had to be a part of that and he had to feel that feeling, right? That so many mm-hmm. Black Americans have felt before. I felt very sad for him. Um, and I felt sad for anyone that's going to be discouraged by it. But I'll tell you why I felt glad. The reason why I felt glad is because we're not crazy. We're not crazy. I get you. Okay. We're not crazy. Guys, we've been telling you for years, decades, generations, that there is an intentionality to the racism, the loss of life, and the oppression that Black people have been dealing with. And we've been told over and over and over over again that we're not trying hard enough, that it's accidental. That it's imaginary, that it's an apparition, a figment of uh, sort of like in some way this has to do with us being less than, right? It's It has to do with us not being able to rise to the standard of America. We're not willing to work hard enough for it. We're not willing to sacrifice enough for it. It's 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 something that's in our minds. And as soon as we give our buy-in, as soon as we go, okay, we're all in for the country, we're gonna do all of this stuff, uh, that magically these things that we've been talking about for years are gonna go away. It's not true. The truth is that we attempt to make progress, we sacrifice, we give life, we give business, we give work. We give anything and everything that America has asked of us. And when we get to a point that things are about to change, someone makes it their point to remind us what kind of niggers we really are. Mm -hmm. So you have a situation in NASCAR where NASCAR is about progress. NASCAR decides that they're going to embrace progress, American progress, which, by the way, is going to give you a different look at NASCAR events. If black Americans feel comfortable there, it's going to give you a different look there. You might see more. This might work out for NASCAR's bottom line to see more diversity 
in their sport. You might see more black race car drivers. You might see more merchandise sold in African-American communities, all types of things. It's good when there's diversity. It would sort of deepens the well of people who will consume whatever it is that you're putting out there. And someone says no. In a very real and intentional way, no. This is what we want to give you instead of that progress and diversity. Death. The noose signifies death. Hanging. Mm -hmm. Putting a black man and a black woman on a noose, on a tree, in front of the rest of the slaves, in front of the whole town, cutting their genitals off. You know what I mean? That whole nine. Like, you want freedom, we give you death. And we've been saying that for years. Yeah. We've been saying that when it comes to the police department. We've been saying that when it comes to politics. We've been saying that when it comes to uh, our, the environments that we grow up in. We, we've been saying it all, that we want freedom and we're repaid in death, but people won't believe us. They think we're making it up. They think we're crazy. And then you know what ends up happening? We think we're crazy. We go, well, fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Shit, if, my, if my fucking Michael Jordan made it, then maybe they're right. I should be able to make it too. Maybe I just need to to spend more time working on this or working on that and blah, 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 blah. But the reality is that this country has had a very specific use for black bodies for a long time. And they keep reminding us of that. And when that person did that and put that noose up there, they're exposing the ugliness and the deep-seated racism of this country and that needs to be exposed. They showing their asses out there right now and not just the cheeks, but the whole, they showing (laughs) it all. But even the racism that exists, yes, in this country, but with this sport, it's almost as if when you put up that noose, you're trying to let us know this is ours. Don't take this away from us. That's how I feel when I see the Confederate flags flying over a NASCAR event. It really is a message of you don't want us here. You don't want to make us feel comfortable. You're reminding us what you think of us. You're letting us know how you see us. You want to celebrate a time in history that celebrates our inferiority. That is what you're representing to me upon entering a NASCAR event. I mean, do you know the history of Talladega, the Speedway? Do you know who was the person who was big on developing that Speedway track? None other than George Wallace. Mm. George Wallace. For those of you who don't know who George Wallace is, he's probably the most prominent racist. Segregationalist. Segregationalist. He was an Alabama governor. He ran for president. Former governor. Ran for president. He is known that phrase when the looting starts, the shooting starts, although everyone says it and it did come from a police chief in Miami. It was George Wallace who also used to say that all the time, too. That man was very big in the development of Talladega Speedway. It is known for its history and being rooted in racism. So the fact that the news showed up there even more so shows how it's not even just the country. It's this sport. I don't think the sport is progressive. I think the sport is trying to erase the image and the negative connotations we have with it as for its lack of diversity. It also has, I mean, I think it was in 2015, their TV ratings have started to plummet. So they're trying to do something different to bring in a different crowd. But before that, they weren't. I mean, come on, the Confederate flag, it was officially a part of NASCAR. I know that. 
And that was five years ago. It was removed. So they've tried to make changes, but that's only five years ago that there is this deep rooted racism related to this sport. And even when I saw all those people walking behind Bubba Wallace and pushing his car and supporting him, I am so sorry, but I couldn't help but think, I bet somebody in that crowd was affiliated with putting up that noose. Probably so. Like my, my, I guess what I'm saying is this, not so, not so much that NASCAR was, is a, is a progressive sport. Obviously it's not, but look at the reaction to them attempting to be. The, but why? The, I, I mean, I mean, why what? Well, because their ratings start to plummet in 2015. So it's like, well, what do we do to start to pick up the sport? Maybe we should diversify and reach out to other things, yeah. other races. Maybe we should pull down our Confederate flag, which is when they did it. If the ratings stayed the way they were, would you have made a change? That doesn't I, I matter. Just, does it matter? No, that doesn't matter. I mean, to, it matters to, to, to me. me. Well, I mean, well, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you're looking for if if you're looking for pure hearts in order to change this country, then you're never going to get that. Like what like what you the only thing that you can hope from an institution, especially a corporation that exists to make money, is that what's best for their bottom line reflects what's best for our community. That's the only thing that you can hope. You can't okay. hope that one day somebody's going to have a change of heart and think that something that they loved on Monday is terrible on Wednesday because human beings don't work that way. But what you but, can hope is that the pressure that you can put on them and you can change their bottom line and make that more in step with what's good for us. But if the bottom line is money and it changes in our favor, that means it could just as quickly change again if money is what makes it change back. Do you know what I mean? If it's That's not, just the way things are. I know, but if we're talking about moving forward to a point where we don't go back to the way that things are, whether it be sports, politics, just the culture in general, then I'm not comfortable with knowing that the reason that you changed is based off of business and money, because that means that it could change all over again. It Well, if it did change all over again, it would then be because of us. I'll tell you what I mean is I don't expect people to. Like, I don't care about, I don't care about racial harmony. I care about racial justice. Meaning if you want to sit over in the corner and be a racist, I'm not about to spend my black ass life trying to convince you that the way you think is wrong. You can think whatever you want to think, but what you can't do is do whatever you want to do. Meaning I have to be treated equitably. I have to be treated fairly. I have to be treated justly. In America. And if I'm not, what I want is justice for being treated improperly. That's the only thing that we can legislate here. We can't legislate how people feel. The thing about NASCAR is that the sea change in America has had, has, has to do with people deciding what kind of justice they want out of this system, what kind of society they want to live in. It's up to us to keep those ideas of that society moving forward. The corporations, they're going to bend to whatever. Yo, when Hitler came into Germany, those people weren't always Nazis. They became Nazis. And the people that became Nazis became Nazis, if you really want to be real about it, because they were sold something that they felt like worked for them. So if you're like people are going to vacillate with like for 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 for, for, for example, America right now is a Trump nation. We as a country elected President Trump. Mm-hmm. We did that. And that's something that would have been impossible even four years prior to that. 
So what you can hope for is that there's enough voices raised, enough political, social, and economic pressure to make these people in these positions do what reflects from us. You can't hope that they're going to change their minds because they aren't. Like they, 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 I feel not. like that applies to some things. Like you want to give the NASCAR example? Absolutely. It, it, you want to give the Bachelor example? Absolutely. It's not, it's not a heart mind thing. It is a business. It's changing your business to, to reflect the times, right? With mm-hmm. what's, what's happening right now. That's how I feel about all these statements, right? Cause we've seen with the NFL stance before. Now in relation to the times, things have totally changed. ESPN, NASCAR, Bachelor, you name it. Everybody's changing because of the times. I do feel like though, when you're saying you're fighting for justice, to get that change, we can argue, we can march, we can protest, we can do it till till we're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, it is going to have to take somebody's changing somebody's mind and heart within. They're not going to change just because we're so loud. Something that's not has, true. I I we've been loud. We haven't been loud. No, no we that, been that's, loud? that's not true. You know you know what happened? People start burning shit down, and it started hurting them economically. No, the re, I mean, let, let's just be real why. with you. Like, 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 let's, let's, if let's we were be not real. in quarantine, if we were not in quarantine right now, I, I like I, I would bet my life on this. If we were not in quarantine right now, it's not the first time we burned shit down. Not like if this. We, if I agree that not like this, but part of the not like this is because we're in a quarantine. We but, have but that, but, it's it's but, the state of the world. It's not because it's we have people's attentions. We're affecting them in a completely right. different you're way. Making my, you're making my argument though. But what I'm I, saying we're I'm affecting s- them within, like in a different no, way. If they you're not, to sit a- they're scared. They're like, scared. I'm, so they get out. They, so, so all these non-black people are getting out in the street right now, marching they, with no, us. No, those people w- represent a generation that we're not talking about. Remember what I'm saying now, those people represent a generation that might not be affected in the same way that the NASCAR people are, right? So the people in that generation, I don't know what their hearts are. They're with us. They're in the streets with us. And I think that sea change, I'm not, I'm not talking about changing people that those people are already with us, right? They're out on the streets with us. That's why they matter to me. And what's in the hearts of a NASCAR person doesn't matter. What happened was this, in my opinion, number one, there were no, there was nothing else to do but be focused on this. And so mm-hmm. people were. And it spread all over the place, right? And when people took to the streets in the way that they did, what corporations and what people all over the place saw was that America is not invincible. America is a human body. It's an organ with a heart and a liver and a brain and all of those things. And the diseases that are inside of America can kill it. They really can. And one of the ways that, 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 the, that the body dies is through fire. And if, if people, if enough people go out and fuck up enough businesses and rip up enough shit, what you then have is the loss of capitalism and consumerism and you have anarchy and those people can't make money in that system. So they start going, okay, what do we have to do to affect these people? to make them come back and start participating again. And see, when they start asking that question, that's when we got to have answers. As far as caring about whether or not, why would I care about, how could I ever believe that Apple or Nike cares about human rights in America when they got kids in Asia making these products for 75 cents a day? I fucking know they don't I'm care not, about that. I'm not arguing with you against corp, uh, corporations and businesses. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I said it. 
It's a response to what is actually happening. But I'm talking about, and maybe, and maybe I am making, maybe we're really saying the same thing. I'm talking about the people that were marching. I'm talking about people I have conversations with who are in a business world, who are talking to me like they just realized racism existed for the first time in 2020 because they're stuck at home seeing it and they can't escape it like they normally would. Normally, they'd be able to escape it in their everyday life. Well, this is your everyday life, sitting at home and watching TV. So it is affecting people in a way where they can't run away from it. I guess that is what I'm seeing that's a difference that I say is a mind and a heart issue or that people feel more comfortable to speak out on it in a way that wouldn't exist to me if we weren't, if the world wasn't in the state that it's in right now. Yeah, I understand that. I, and I can, I can accept that. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that the only reason why they're seeing this type of demonstration is because of those same circumstances, right? Like I was able to protest, right? I was able to go out and protest. Well, one reason why I was able to go out and protest is because I didn't have to be at TMZ. Like I didn't have to work. Yeah. You know, like we were, we were all, we were all same. ready right there to do it. And, the, and to be real with you, the, the level like people got scared. The level of protesting that we saw and the level of societal unrest that we saw, we hadn't really seen this in our lifetimes in this stage and not just here, but all over the world. And so, so, so what, 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 what I'm asking for, what, what I'm asking for is for those protests is for there to be some type of stick. Like in these movements, we typically give the carrot and the carrot is listen, if you guys just listen to us and respect us and, and, and march along with us and help us, we'll deliver a better American society. It'll be a true melting pot. We'll fucking cure cancer. Everything will be better as long as that's, that was the best. That's been a carrot and that carrot rotted after a while because they never ate it. Right. That's but the, right. the stick worked. The stick was, yo, y'all killed another black man. We sick of this shit. It's a ch- it's a chance we burn this whole fucking country down. But don't. And the well, rea- what do you say then to the people who aren't affiliated with that, right? Because we all know Black Lives Matter started back as a result of Trayvon Martin, right? So you're mm-hmm. talking 2013 that started. Here we are in 2020. Same shit is happening, but for some reason people are responding in a totally different way. And you and I'm not talking about corporations. Just look at social media, right? It's mm-hmm. actually uncool to not post about Black Lives Matter or to mm-hmm. to educate yourself or to learn. The conversations I feel like I've had or the people that reach out to me or the people that are yearning, I'm not saying I know everybody's heart. I'm not saying that everybody's sincere. I'm just saying the way that people were responding now as opposed to when they did seven years ago and nobody wanted to hear Black Lives Matter and all they wanted to shout was All Lives Matter, even though that's still going on. It's just in a, it's not as, elevate those voices aren't as elevated as they were before that to me is a heart issue it is a mind issue it is mm. people seeing it in a different way and i and i'm and i'm telling you i am not an optimist by any means i'm probably one of the most negative people that you will meet but the response that i've seen now versus then can't be anything and i'm not talking about the business side of it can't be anything but a mind and a heart issue it can't. Well, so two things happened. Number one is that when Trayvon, when we lost Trayvon, I think that was 2012, a lot of the kids that are in the street now, when we lost him, they were in middle school. So there's a reason why this was a perfect storm. Not even middle school. Some of them were in elementary school. It's like seven. But I'm not talking ago. about that demographic. But but what I'm saying is when the people that are on the street, the people that are on the street, like 
they came into their own and they know what kind of world they want. They're, they're, they're fine. I'm with them. Anybody else, just to be honest with you, anybody else that would come to me right now that's around my same age group that after Trayvon and after Mike Brown and after Eric Garner and after Sandra Bland, um, you know, even after Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor or any of these people, right? And wants me to have a conversation about systemic racism and inequality in America now. I'm looking at them in a weird way. I'm almost looking at them in a fuck you way because to be honest with you, it, 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 it I no longer care if that person can actually, I've been screaming my head off of my entire life. All I care about are results. If, if, if in your heart, you are 100% with me and you've seen what America has done to black people and you've seen what America has done to women and you've seen what America has done to trans people and the gay people and to Hispanics and back to the Japanese and to the Chinese and to the natives who they exterminated mm-hmm. as soon as they got here. Soon as America got here, they made the decision that people's bodies were worth sacrificing to the God of capitalism, right? First thing America ever did. Right. Manifest destiny, right? If you've ignored all of that and you just had your come to Jesus moment right now, I need you to have it in a different room. That's fine. I'm glad that you're having it, but I'm not going to be a a part of that for you. I'm like, I, I need you to have it in a different room. Go for it. I'm not mad at it. Go for it. But uh, but but all I can care about is results. What is going to be better for black people I because agree. of that? Couldn't give a fuck less about whether or whether or not you actually are with me. What I, are you going to do? I have a different perspective in the sense that I'm not here to be your teacher, but it is human nature for people to only care about the things that directly impact them, period. They're they're. You, it's so easy to ignore what's going on and to get caught up in your own bubble. I'm not excusing it. I'm in a place every day where I, I fight emotions of being overwhelmingly frustrated and angry that people are acting like racism started this year and Mm -hmm. then really trying to say, but you know what? But I have your attention now. I really, I go every day. I fight those emotions of, but don't focus on what they didn't do and focus on the fact that you do have everyone's attention now. And what are you going to do with it? So I'm not a person who is going to push you away for asking a question. I'm going to listen to you, but I'm not going to do the work for you. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're my friend and you're really genuinely trying to understand something, I will answer your question, but I'm going to, I'm not going to be your professor. I'm not going to be your teacher, but I'm also not going to turn you away and push you right back into the place that you've been living in your entire life. Do you know what I mean? I get it. So I was on a, I was running this yesterday. I'm going to send you this, by the way. I was running yesterday and I was at the Los Angeles Historical State Park uh, adjacent to downtown. Great place. Love it. Fantastico place. Um, and I, I do this run where I run there and then I make a loop and I come back and out. So I was running. This guy stops me. And he goes, let me ask you a question. And I was like, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> and he was an Hispanic man. And I talked to him for an hour right there, longer. And he just literally was asking questions about, we got into the, we ran into the whole deal. We went from Black Lives Matter to, to gay and trans rights to the whole thing. He was asking me. And I just felt, you know what? Today I'm going to do this. Normally I don't do this, but today, and I taped the whole thing. And it was 
it was it was it was fantastic, right? It was fantastic. Okay. Did not the conversation wasn't great, but it was fantastic just to know like how much work that we have to do sometimes. So <clears throat> I don't have a problem talking to people about things and wanting to be a part of someone's solution. I think, you know, I have respect for everyone. If God saw fit to put you on the earth, I have to see fit to respect you. That's what my father says. And that's, I believe in that. But I'm sick of caring about whether or not white people really care about me. I, I, I And I agree. You don't even have to, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm with you. Like, that's look, not what I care about. That's, I get it. So I'm just sick and care. I'm, I don't want to care about whether or not they really care about me. If you do really care about me, yo, man, let's piece it up. We go see Lethal Weapon together. Well, not Lethal Weapon because it stars Mel Gibson. No, I'm just, but whatever. Like, piece it up. We can, I was trying to think of a black, white, see what I'm saying? I was trying to think of a black, white, buddy comedy. Think about that. Think about how fucked up shit is. I was trying to think of a black, white, buddy comedy. And not only is Lethal Weapon a bad example because <laughs> Mel Gibson is a racist, they also the police. Yeah, so think the, about that. I can only think of police examples. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, oh, white man can't jump. Oh, there you go. White man can't, I like white man can't jump. That's a good movie where we all get together and we playing basketball and shit and whatever, whatever, whatever. Oof, that was spirited, Big Rach. God damn, I like that. I feel, but you know what? I feel like I needed that. I just needed to. It's a. It's it's just hard. It's just hard right now, right? You. you I'm, right. I have so many emotions going on with with everything that's happening in the world. That was a therapy session. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, you. Uh, you listen to that new Beyonce. Speaking of listening, I did. Okay, full like confession. Beyonce. I'm not in the Beehive. Are you? I don't think guys can be in it. Yeah. Can guys be in Are it? you kidding me? I mean, maybe maybe they don't. Maybe it's not self proclaimed, but. They're secretly. I thought, the, I thought the beehive was for the ladies, but nah, I'm cool. I, I guess if you could be in the beehive, what is a beehive? What does it mean to be in the beehive? I mean, like you're like, like a stand, right? What are the no, Nikki? No, what, I'm, I'm in no hives if that's the case. I'm not, I'm not like, we're not waiting in line to get tickets or. I would, I would know. wait in line to see, be, to, I would wait in line for Beyonce tickets, but I'm not going to like just be down with whatever. And I'm not in any of those. I'm not, I'm not in any hives in this. Like this my friends case. think that that, that Beyonce is a family member. We, we would be Michael Jackson in whatever that, if that, if that was present day don't you look at me like that if this was present day and michael jackson was still with us we would be in whatever he was calling his fans but we're yeah. not on that level that's the level okay so we're not on that Beyonce. I guess so. anyways all right black parade that's the song i didn't even know about it until i opened up one of my group chats and they're talking about beyonce's new song hmm <laughs> so, don't you start know, with me well i'm, I'm just at, so i so i'm assuming then wait a second i'm assuming then that if you didn't know about black parade that you don't have title. That I don't have. Oh, I don't have title. Wow. Am I See? supposed to? Did I, did I lose? <laughs> I was going to say, did I lose so, my black card? <laughs> you don't lose it, but it's definitely a rip in it. So like, all, we all got to have title? I gotta, it's black owned. It's a black owned streaming service. We're definitely doing a poll because I want to know. And you can only vote if you're, you're black. How are you going to know that? <laughs> by, by the way, how are you going to even know that? Just like, check you yourself. Gonna I'm going to do a vote. I'm going to put it up. I want to know if you have title. But I have a fr yeah. friend who have titles. Because anyway, it's on Apple Music. I heard it on Apple Music. <laughs> but title Anyways, lets you know. I heard but, it. So you, you heard the song. Yeah. I loved it. I, I had to listen to it twice. Because mm -hmm. the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, lyrically, I like it. Second time I heard it, 
I listen to it in a different way, right? Because it's the 2020 Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. All oh, the things that God she's- God damn it, Rachel. You don't like that I said that. that? It's like, come on, man. Can we let can we let James live? It's you like know, it's I not, met James Brown one time. How'd that work out for you? Did you? <laughs> um, my mom stopped the car. We were in Atlanta on a family trip. My mom stopped the car in the middle of the street and says, "Oh, Sam, stop the car. That's James Brown," and darted out the van. And I followed her. And I took my little autograph book and I was like, "Excuse me, Mr. Brown, can I have your autograph?" And gave me a kiss on my cheek. He was dressed in all black. He had gold tip shoes. I'll never forget it. Fresh permed hair was laid down. So, so wait, your father's driving a car. Let's get <laughs> this. This is right. a true story. <laughs> your father's driving a car, trying to get. Do you remember where you guys were going? No, we were on a family vacation in Atlanta. You know, to visit all the historical family stuff vacation for black in Atlanta. People. So your father then worked his ass off as a federal <laughs> judge to take his family on vacation. Right? He's driving somewhere. That's right. And your mama sees James Brown and says, "Yo." stop the car and runs out of the car to James Brown. And your father being a strong <laughs> black man in here has to sit in there and push that way down. He just got to take that. It's like my James wife saw Brown. James Brown. He's a legend. Okay. So let's say the roles were reverse. Let's say that you guys are driving and your mom's driving. And all of a sudden, like, uh, Diana Ross. Know, like, like, like Diana Ross is down there and your dad goes oh shit baby that's Diana Ross woo and then I can't wait till my dad comes on the show so you can see he does not talk like that <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs out of the car after Diana Ross all up on her and stuff like that okay what do you think whoa with the all up on I didn't say my mama was all up on for James Brown my mom probably would have stopped the car and gotten out and followed him to go meet Diana Ross too mm, okay fine anyways so you, that's just so my anyway, James Brown story so, okay. so I disagree but I get what you're trying to say yeah say it loud black and I'm proud it was kind of that sort of same time yeah, anthem. yeah it was a at first, when I first listened to it, I thought, oh, it's a protest song. Second time I listened to it, I thought, no, this is a celebration. It's uplifting black culture and history. And she's talking about motherland drip and black fist and her hair and religion and energy. And I thought it was beautiful. It made you mm. proud to be black. It felt good. And I think what I like the most not being in the beehive is that Beyonce has gotten to a point where she can do what she wants. And I feel like she's finding her voice and she can be her true self. I mean, she didn't find it in this song, I would say, you know, in the last four years, she's really been doing things that promote black culture and being mm -hmm. black and being proud of the way that you look and where you come from. And so I appreciate that. And that was just another song just like this. Yeah. She's been doing that for a long time. Like it, it really. Like four years. Like, like what is since, this, the, since the Lemonade, since the Lemonade album, whenever that came out. No, since the, remember when she came out at the Super Bowl dressed as the Black Panthers? Remember that's, that? That's around, that's the formation. That's around the formation time. Is that true? I guess so. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I thought, I thought the Beehive stuff was before then, but anyway. Beehive probably was, but I mean, just No, 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 like, no. Yeah, just the Black, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. No, cause she, cause she got with the Mothers of the Movement and all of that stuff like that. Yeah. And she, her and, her and Jay have been for a long time, uh, sort of working with, um, you know, different families and making sure and bailing out civil rights people and making mm -hmm. sure that people that attend these marches have what they need and stuff like that. And I have some issues with the the Rock Nation people uh, based upon the Colin Kaepernick stuff, but I definitely will definitely talk about that yeah. uh, at a later date. I will say it's always a good time to listen to Beyonce. Um, 
Uh, and I think that what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, and I don't want to gloss over the fact that I have an issue with Rock Nation and stuff with the with the Colin Kaepernick situation. That to me was a huge dent in the the, the armor over there. Uh, but you know, still holding out hope that not only those two groups can get together and figure that out, but that the work that Inspire Change is doing with the NFL that it becomes meaningful and that it's it's all worth it. And you know, you can only go on somebody's cultural cachet to do that. I know that Rock Nation. Uh, and Beyonce and Jay do a lot, uh, to, uh, to, to help families and to help people that are, are in this movement. They do do. It's that they deserve credit for that. But just to be honest with you, and Beyonce had nothing to do with it. This was Jay Z's thing. But to be honest with you, um, anytime I feel myself heaping praise on that camp, I catch myself. I catch myself. Uh, if you go back and you look at the Colin Kaepernick situation with the NFL, Rock Nation, which Beyonce is not a part of. I keep saying that. I keep lumping her in with Jay-Z. That's not fair to her. But no, it's you not. Know, it's, it's not. But I the, the whole thing just I that doesn't sit right with me. For in, all in you know, she was fighting against it. You know, we don't know. I think that she had a problem with it. Look, it has nothing to do with her. It's not fair to 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 lump her into it. But still, even sometimes when I hear from Hove or when I hear from it, it's I know that they mean it, but damn, I need things to be made right with Cap and Nessa. I just do. Um, man, that's just an honest, uh, reaction to it. Although the song is jamming and (laughs) Beyonce and them are taking care of business. You're going to, if you go talk to any activists out there, they're going to tell you that if they do tell you, if they do get into who's funding them and and making sure that they get out of jail and that they have what they need, a lot of that stuff is coming from Hove and B. And once again, everybody has different jobs. I don't have to be 100 with everything that they've done. But I need for the voice of Colin Kaepernick and Nessa and Eric Reed to be exalted and heard. And we have to have a conversation about how we protect each other, even when the money is mm. in the room as well. I um, agree with you 100 percent. Also, the yes. proceeds for that song go to support small black businesses. Right Another away. thing that Beyonce is doing. On Beyonce and Beyonce on her own put up a registry of black businesses on her mm-hmm. website. And I'm sure that none of those black businesses that have benefited from Beyonce doing that give a fuck about my opinion of Rock Nation or any of that stuff because they out there eating and they're, they're doing good. So when people are helping, they're helping and they're really sincerely helping. That one just hurt me. I'm not mad at you. Don't get it confused. It's like, don't, a lot of times we are one, this is human nature. We forget. And so I'm not mad at you at bringing it up, even though it's not related to Beyonce, but it's just like, don't forget. Don't mm. don't forget what happened and how and Rock Nation's role with the NFL when it came to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. So I, I saw something very distressing. I am. I believe purple and gold. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you know that. You're an Omega. I'm, no, I'm not an Omega. I'm not talking about. See, oh wow, I'm surprised you knew that. Um, I'm a Delta. Uh, what? You're a Delta. Oh, you're a Delta. Whoa! What you do? <laughs> you really just struck me. No, Delta thought, Sigma Theta, proud. Yes, I didn't, I I didn't know that. I thought maybe you would be like I don't know, Pi Kappa. Or you know what? We're gonna have to talk about um, <laughs> um, quote not being black enough. People try to check that. you for your blackness because that's Whoa. exactly what you just did by trying that's to put not, me by trying to put me in Alpha Kappa, whatever. Alpha, Alpha Kappa, Kappa Sigma. Sigma, you rushed? Did you rush? Was it no, rush I week? No, I didn't. I pledged. <laughs> I pledged. pledged. Hey, man, shout out to you. By the way, on, on some real shit, 
I'm not in any of those. You are. And you were you were the head of the black you were the vice president. No, I'm saying somebody wrote me about that. Somebody wrote me about I remember you in the African American culture vice president. (laughs) I was on a step team. Oh, okay. Okay, you know bad. what, y'all? Look, look, oh. This is this is an example of somebody <laughs> trying to check my blackness. And we're gonna have a full conversation on this. We're gonna have a full conversation. But go ahead and talk about your bleeding purple and gold. Let me tell you something. And by the way, what I'm about to say actually is actually whiter because like I'm talking about a PWI, I'm talking about LSU. <laughs> I bleed purple and gold because I'm from Baton Rouge. I like LSU. <laughs> went to LSU. So you so you actually went, it's so crazy how this goes. Cause you actually went blacker than me right there. Cause I said purple and gold. And my when I think purple and gold, I don't think Omega. Shout I out immediately. to all the, my the uncles Q's. are Omegas. I that's all I think. Word up, word up. Score one for Rachel. Score that that's that's one biscuit for you. Um uh no, LSU. I saw down at LSU, at least a hundred people that visited Tigerland. Tigerland is like an area down Nicholson Drive back in I've the been. day. I've been. You've been to you've been to Tigerland before? I've been. Remember, I dated a guy from Zachary. I've been. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're getting you're getting loose at Reggie's and whatnot. Um That's two so points. Yeah, ti- uh, two points right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tigerland. Tigerland isn't black, by the way. Tigerland is as white as it gets. Like when you were going to Reggie's or Fred's, there was like a little picture outside. You know these pictures where it would have this picture, like, and they would say, Don't dress like this guy. And that was a city. That nigga looked like Ja Rule. Like he like he had the white t-shirt and the chains and all of that yes. stuff like that. And they'd be like, right. So uh, but apparently a hundred uh people who had gone to Tiger Island recently, Tiger Island has reopened up. They tested positive for coronavirus. LSU has quarantined 30 members of the football team. There is a full-on coronavirus COVID-19 break uh outbreak in Baton Rouge and is affecting athletes on college campuses. This is my question. You went to UT. Okay. I went to LSU. Mm-hmm. We went undefeated last year won the national championship and that the road to that national championship was right through the middle of Texas. One beat UT at UT. We're supposed to play this year. Supposed to play this year (laughs) at LSU. Um, It's one thing when you talk about professional athletes who are getting paid to make decisions about their families and about uh, their futures and about their health. When you're talking about college athletes who are, I know it doesn't feel this way guys, but they're kids. Yeah. Is it fair to make these guys play for free in all sports and subject them? A lot of these guys, let's face it, the majority of them in the big money sports are young African-American males. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to make them play and potentially expose themselves both in practice and in games to COVID-19? Should the NCAA at this point, with what's happening at Texas, by the way, at Clemson, at LSU, the virus is not gone, people. Should they just call off all seasons and try to bring things back uh, in 2021? Yeah, it hurts me to say this, but they, you, the way things are going right now, I do not see how college football can be played at all, even if you do have the players in a bubble. So what's important to note is that voluntary workouts started June 1st. So since voluntary workouts started, you have seen this, well, I don't know if they've been tested before, but basically they have been tested at this point. They're around each other. And you've seen the 30 players at LSU, 28 athletes at Clemson, UT, 13 players, Kansas State, 14 players, University of Houston, six players, 
And then other players, Alabama, Mississippi, South Florida, Auburn, Florida State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, I looked this up, Texas State, and Troy University have all have football players that have tested positive. I feel like professional leagues need to take note at what's happening right now on the collegiate level and figure out that it's probably not likely that sports can be played, period, because once you have a few people that have it, it turns into an outbreak. And to answer your question, Van, it's mm. not fair to subject these amateur athletes, whatever you, however you want to label them, not getting paid. It's not fair to subject them to these conditions. And you have the 30 football players at UCLA who are petitioning for additional petitions. I don't know if you saw that, but they have this document where basically they're saying that they want a third party official to step in who can observe that the COVID-19 prevention protocols are being followed. I mean, these players are trying to fight for their right. It's very similar to them fighting for their the right to the for, to use their likeness and image, or for the universities to not sure. use them. The fact that they're not getting paid, but the university is making money off of them. The fact that they want them to play, but they're subjecting themselves to this virus, which still is very unknown in how it affects people yes. so randomly. It's not fair that these players could potentially have to play just so they can supply money to these universities who depend on them playing. Because we all know the football teams are how the whole university is pretty much financed. The whole thing. And it's weird. And I've heard a lot of people say this, and I'm not sure about the truthfulness of it. it there might be a situation where the NCAA or college football can't afford, or the, the universities yes. can't afford not to play the season. I mean, yes. the amount of money that LSU brings in, I, I think it's something like 60 or $70 million a year or something for the school. Um, so yeah, they might have to, but then you get into a weird situation, right? Well, not even a weird situation. If it's not safe to fucking play, then it's not safe to fucking play. And to be honest with you, just anecdotally, I'm not Tony Fauci, you know, <laughs> but just anecdotally, it doesn't seem safe. No. It seems like what we have out there is an incredibly de determined, extremely contagious disease that hasn't gone anywhere. And in sports, especially football, where you're rolling around, writhing around, all of that stuff, you're in the huddle. There's no way to make football uh, a safe sport to play in the era of COVID. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand the, the only choice that you guys have they have is to try a bubble which in college football would never work because there are too no. many teams um even the no fans thing it's not a it, it doesn't the safety of the players is not going to be it doesn't affect the safety of the players so i don't know how they're going to do this it Dr. doesn't seem she said since you brought up old tony fauci he said that unless players are essentially in a bubble insulated from the community and they are tested nearly every day that's the only way he could see football coming back in the fall. That's impossible. You see these teams, they can't control their athletes. They can't keep watch on everything that they're doing and making sure that they are staying in their bubble or in their dorms or hotels or wherever they may have them sequestered. Please. That's like a hundred plus players that you got to keep tabs on. It's not mm. happening. Mm. By the way, I have, I have uh, higher learning breaking news. Whoa. Breaking news. Go for it. So there's, so apparently there's now a war going on. Uh, between Revolt TV and Eminem. Like, why? Where where you, did this even start? Do you know, you know, of course, you know Revolt TV, Puffy's, everyone knows Revolt TV. 
<laughs> I, went, I actually went to the conference that okay. happened in LA. Thank you. Oh, by the way, oh, you were there. You were there at the LA. And, at I, the know, and I know you were there because I saw oh, you. I was, I was there. Yeah, I was there to interview Diddy actually. Oh wow! I was there to interview Killer Mike. Let's have a black off. By the way, you're winning in the black off this episode. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. Uh, it so uh, Revolt TV, the official Revolt TV um, Twitter page, just tweeted out, "Fuck you too, Eminem." <laughs> okay, but, what, but but where is this coming from? Apparently. Eminem on a new song Aww. with uh, Eminem and Conway. Shout out to Griselda. Shout out to Westside Gun, Conway the Machine, and Benny the Butcher, man. Shout out to Griselda, man. Crazy. Uh, apparently, Eminem on a song with Conway said something about Revolt. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And Revolt oh. TV, a whole black news network, a whole black network period. Shout out to Puff. Shout out to uh, Tarek. Shout out to everybody over at Revolt. Shout out to everybody over at Combs Enterprises. Shout out to Roma. Everybody, all my people over at Revolt. Marquetta, everybody. They said, fuck you to Eminem. I can't, I, I don't have the lyrics the right lyrics? now. the lyrics? That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, like, it, like, and look, and look what's happening now. Is he canceled? No, I don't think oh. it's canceled. Now, now you have a lot of people coming on here. See, this is what happens. What happens is once people have to choose a side. Oh, you, you see what's happening here? Well, he dissed Joe Budden as well. Oh, he dissed it, Joe Budden. M, oh. M, 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 M dissed Joe Budden. Wait, he brings up Joe Budden's incident with the Migos and disses Diddy's Revolt TV network in a leaked version of the song. Can I say something for a second? Mm-hmm. Can I, can I really say something for a second? Please, please. Eminem has no fucking business dissing Revolt. Eminem has no fucking business dissing Revolt. Eminem has lost his motherfucking mind. Let's be real. If Eminem got problems with Budden, if Eminem and Joe got problems on some real shit, all jokes aside, if Eminem and Joe got problems, and problems that date back to Joe's opinion on Eminem on Everyday mm -hmm. Struggle. Maybe some stuff Joe used to be signed with Eminem on Slaughterhouse. Piece it up and rap the way you fucking want to rap to Joe Budden about Joe Budden. Y'all have Joe Budden came out. And I guess he decided that uh, that he was going to keep it real about some of the stuff that M was doing when he was doing his fucking job on Everyday Struggle and talking about that, talking about M as a rapper, which it was his job to do or mm -hmm. on his podcast. Mm -hmm. Joe has his own opinions. That's what he does. I haven't heard the song and I need to hear the song. And Would you like to know what the lyrics say? Let me know what the lyrics say. Is Joe affiliated with Revolt? Joe hosts a show for Revolt called State of the Culture. Okay. Right. Minus one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says, quote, shout out to Puffy Combs, but fuck Revolt. Uh, y'all are like a fucked up remote. Now I get it why our buttons broke. Cause you pressing him doing nothing though, especially when it comes to punching thrones. Okay, so look, here's the thing. Revolt is a black entertainment network. Puff is the head of Revolt. But Revolt, a company who I've worked with before, is a black entertainment network. Eminem doesn't have the cultural cachet 
to fucking disrevolt. Eminem owes his career, okay? Yeah. He owes his career to black music. If Eminem has a problem with Puff on his own, cool. If Eminem has a problem with Joe Budden on his own, cool. If Revolt would have come out and said, fuck Eminem, which I don't think that they've ever done, then that's one thing too. But Eminem cannot come out because of an affiliation. And if I'm wrong about this and if there's more information about this and if M was supposed to have a show on Revolt and shit went sideways or whatever, whatever, but that don't rub me the right way. That rubs me the wrong way for Eminem to come out and be like, fuck Revolt. Because he's saying, fuck my man Cass who got a show on Revolt. He's saying, fuck all the other people. He's saying, fuck Remy Ma. He's saying, fuck Jinx. He's saying, fuck all of them. You know what I'm saying? He's saying fuck everybody that fucks with Revolt. Except for Diddy. That's apparently the only one. But you can't say fuck Revolt and still not be talking about Diddy. But what I'm saying is that, like, you, we have to watch the amount of comfortability that we let people, even like Eminem, get inside of the culture. I'm not saying that the culture is just for black people. What I'm saying is that we created it, we curated it, and it's in our hands. And you can't take it out. Sure. Would you be mad at anybody? Who said, fuck Revolt? Are you just specifically mad at Eminem being white? I'm mad because Eminem is white. Okay. No Explain that though. Why, that why is it? Because a black person can say that Revolt made them as well, right? Like that's that, like they made, I mean, Revolt didn't make M, but I'm just saying they, like it's black culture. Like you're saying, sure. you're basically saying like fuck black culture in a way. So why is it different for a black if a black rapper said it versus M, why are you holding him to a different standard? Um, Because I feel like there has to be a different level of sensitivity for a guy like Eminem. And I think to be to his credit, to be honest with you, that in the past Eminem has displayed that sensitivity. Eminem was yeah, the has. first was was the first rapper uh, to win an Academy Award. He won it for best song. Right. And when he got up there, he knew how crazy that is when he got up there. He thanked all the rappers before him that had made that sort of possible, right? I think we haven't hit the point to where a black institution that serves black culture can have a white guy, no matter who that white guy is, that that like exists on that culture, right? Like Eminem feeds himself and has fed himself on that culture. You can't turn around to that whole outlet and say, fuck them. Okay, because you're not just saying you can't excuse Puff. You can't separate Puff and then say fuck Revolt. Yeah, it's the same thing. You might as well just said fuck Puff. You're you're saying fuck all the black people that work over there. You're saying fuck the black culture that Revolt is trying to represent. Yeah. You're saying fuck the black culture that Revolt is trying to be a part of. You're saying all of that. Eminem don't get to do that. I don't give a fuck. Like Eminem, I I love Eminem. I love the way he raps. I love the way, like I've been loving Eminem. Eminem don't get to do that. Like he doesn't. He doesn't get to say fuck a bunch of black people because he's mad at a couple. I'd be interested in knowing the story behind what made him say, you know what? I want to release a song. It's not like he's just been releasing music like that. And in this song, I'm going to go after somebody that's, or not somebody, just an entity that's important to black culture. I want to know. I'm not excusing it. I'm just very curious as to what motivated him to do this. Mm, I I don't know either. Apparently, this song was a leak. I don't know if M did not mean to take to for this to come out, 
But this is the kind of thing well. that I'm talking about. There's, there's, listen, there's room enough for the, in the, for the culture and the art and everything for everyone to have a good time and all of that, man. But I tell you what, like, we don't interlope in other cultures and then go in there and disrespect the houses like that. We don't do that. Yeah. There's no, a, I get I, th- you. There's a different standard for him. And he, and he knows that. And he knows and he, that. And he's shown that in the past. So yeah. I'm wondering how, how the fuck he, he, he wilding now. He doesn't get to say. That's why everybody in revolt. This revolt is a typical, whole house full of black people. It's not typical in behavior, which is why I'm like, what made you do this? You know, especially during these times though. You know what, what I mean? What the fuck is Eminem thinking? <laughs> during these is it, times. <laughs> is it like he, he really got to be wilding in a major way to think that he is going to say fuck revolt right now. And someone like me or anyone that has either been over there, worked with those people, broke bread with them, who knows what they're trying to do, right? That we're going to be cool with that. Man, that do, we- do you feel like he said fuck you to you too? Shut up, big rich. <laughs> nah, they're my people. And, but, but more than that, okay, let me calm down. I'm sorry. People don't like when I scream. Okay, so I'm sorry. I got to stop screaming. I'm upset. That upset me. First of all, it's disappointing. For, let, let, let me talk. Let me talk regular. Let me let me put it on. Let me put on the. No, hey, as I, you would tell me, I'm, talk your shit. No, no, no. <laughs> because let me put on the Bryant Gumble. Okay, this is today <laughs> on Higher Learning with Van Lapy. This is it. It is incredibly inappropriate and tone deaf for Eminem if it was his intent for this song to have come out at this particular moment. Maybe this wasn't his intent. Maybe we'll hear more from him. Hopefully, we hear more from him. But Eminem. There is no amount of cultural cachet where Eminem will ever be able to come out and say, fuck a black institution. Yeah. There's too many black people that work hard to put content on the screen for revolt, to put content on the web for revolt, to represent the culture through their jobs at revolt. And I'm not just talking about revolt, man. I'm talking about BET. I'm talking about Centric. I'm talking about TV One. I'm talking about any of them, right? Mm-hmm. Any of them. A lot of black blood, sweat, and tears goes into those places. If what you're doing is dependent on those people to continue to push your shit. These are the same people that made you who you are. You can't come back and, and, and from outside of what we are, let's just be real. Eminem's a white dude. And they come back. You're not comfortable enough to say, fuck them. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. I don't like it. We need to be continued. We, to be continued. we need more. I th- we'll have an update for you next time. We'll, we'll, we'll have an update for you next time. Um, I, I, uh, I got to get ready. I got to get ready. It's a little over two hours before my first session. Oh, we back to the Madden. I want a full report. I want you you to tell me why somebody else should hire a Madden specialist when we talk next time. Like why it was beneficial. Was it a waste of your time? I know that throughout your, through your tone of voice that you're hoping that it was a waste of my time, but I mean, um, I'm just not into, you know, gaming. So Okay, well, and you dissed it. Uh, look, <laughs> that is going to be enough for you. On the next episode, we are going to make sure that we have thoroughly vetted and investigated this Eminem situation so yes. we'll know whether or not my rant uh, was foolhardy or whether or not Eminem deserved it, but it will stay in the podcast in its entirety because those are my feelings. I and liked feelings, it, though. You liked it. Because I think it's a bigger, there's a bigger issue with it. When you step into, when you don't look like the culture that you're becoming a part of, there's certain rules that you have to play by. So yeah, I understood it. what you were saying. Right. Yeah, I get it. Thought Warriors. 
You can take your think caps off, but do not stop thinking. Uh, we will hit you back with a, a, a another special episode of Higher Learning. You know what? That's one of the worst wrap ups I've done. Wait, do you um, have an unexpected ally of the week? No, we don't do that till the end of the week. Oh, right? okay. Yikes! Well, I'm new to yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel can't wait for unexpected ally of the week, which we will give to you on a good on one. the next episode. You got a good one? We'll save it. We'll save it. The anticipation. We'll it. Okay. Tune in next time. All right, thought wars. Take your thinking off. Don't stop thinking. Higher learning. Violate the ritualism. We are out. <laughs>